You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This isn't you choose, it's Grolix Nights, the Grolix Podcast live show, live right now. Right now, I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. <laughs> and I'm Jesse. Wow. <laughs> Shot out of a cannon. And that'll be the energy for the show. That's it. We did it. We Savannah did it. says she's watching Peacemaker. You better be watching Grawlix Nights right now, like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. <laughs> so you're watching Peacemaker. No, that's a great thing. Peacemaker's good fun. That's a great mm-hmm. show. And yeah, that, and yeah, super fun, and I'm glad they're having a season two, unlike other shows that should have season twos. Oh, God, you're going to get right into the salt mines. <laughs> Welcome to the salt mines. <laughs> we're, we're back. We're back in the salt mines, covered in salt. It feels like we've been, it feels like it's been ages since we did a normal live stream. It's It's been about a month, actually. We only it's did it. the crossover wow. episode this month. Yeah, it's been an off yeah. month. Uh, Savannah all said she also watched Tomorrow War. I have not watched that. She said, hate Chris Pratt. That that's surprises me a little bit. <laughs> I know. How can you hate Chris Pratt? He's like such a likable guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't like him. him in real life, but he has some on screen charisma. Having her friend watch Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember hearing you were watching a little bit of uh, Venture Brothers also, which I fully endorse. She probably got three episodes in and stopped. I, I almost guarantee it's that exact number. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Venture Brothers is so good. It is. Uh, they're gonna, there's going to be a new Venture Brothers thing on HBO Max at some point. Mm-hmm. So they say. Thing? Like a special? like a Yeah, I think like a special. Movie? Like a special. Uh, yeah. As well sense. as Aqua Teen Hunger Force, I think. And ran, just like at some point there was an announcement that, you know, Hey, these Adult Swim shows that you loved, uh, HBO Max is going to have a new <laughs> thing about them, of them. Okay. And next up, a new Homestar Runner. One episode? Because you demanded it. That's the pilot episode. Disgusting. I mean, it starts strong, but like, Venture Brothers cre- is so good about creating its own world. Yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting, though, because it starts off as like a parody mm-hmm. of... Johnny Quest and that type of thing, but and it never loses that. But man, it it ends up just like creating its own world, and it's one of those shows that's that's kind of the secret to like the cult shows, right? Like it's either they have super strong characters or they're really good about creating their own world and in jokes, uh-huh. and have super strong characters. And Venture Brothers kind of nails all of that. Yeah, I agree. Watched all the Kingsmen. We've only I've only ever seen the first one. Me too. I might might have seen some of, the, some of the second one, but I'm not sure. Which one has Samuel L. Jackson? Is that the first one? First one. Yeah. Okay, I've seen that one. Second one was super funny too. Um, I haven't seen the newest one, which is just The King's Man. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, if they were going to do another one, where would they go? The Outer space! Well, wouldn't they just do... I mean, like, because the second one was The Kingsman Golden... Oh, they just whatever. Bring back some, so they would just put a oh. subtitle on it. Is probably what they do. Just go no. back to the Kingsman. That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uses numbers anymore. 
Uh, so for audio podcast listeners, hopefully I've posted it by now, but uh, uh, last week before last, we did a crossover episode, and I've been very slow to get that on the audio feed. It's been up on the video feeds, the video channels for a little while uh, with You Choose podcast. They're a podcast that streams the same time we do. <laughs> right Not now. bitter about that at all. Not bitter about that at all. Uh, that's a fun episode. I will get it up on our our audio feed at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, if not soon. Um, it was a lot of that, fun. I think we, we I think we brought our energy to that show. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I'm not like talking smack or anything, but I prefer when the uh, like AI chooses the adventure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, oh, that was more right. fun. So bizarre but. when the AI does it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I also agree. Although they did pick a pretty good book for us. I mean like it was uh-huh. bo- it was bonkers. I was to be honest, I wasn't expecting to I was invested. I was enjoying <laughs> I was enjoying that ridiculous story and I was like I was like, I don't know. I, it could be a slog if, like, the story's just not very not giving us anything. Right. But, man, it gave us cultural appropriation. It gave us everything we wanted. We didn't even know we wanted. <laughs> it, gave us, it gave us racist ghosts. It gave yeah. us ghosts on ghost violence. It gave us, like, yeah. I mean, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. You should go check out that audio. You can get the recap on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go check it out because it's, it's weird. And it's, yep. it's the kind of thing... You know, you can, it's the kind of thing you expect from us. You can you can watch it without climbing to the top of a bell tower. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because apparently that's the only way you can see things. Uh, Savannah says she watched Rick and Morty with her brain elsewhere. It was the microverse episode. And whoa, my life outlook <laughs> is completely different. Yeah. Morty. <laughs> uh, what were we saying just before that? Wow, that's where I'm going to be today. Uh, so yeah I don't remember what we were doing the first oh birthdays this yeah this month's been kind of an off month it was my birthday and I was like just fried how I was legit fried yeah and and yeah your birthday and Melanie and I had our anniversary and so we saved the podcast birthdayversary for the crossover episode and then last week we uh, all got sick we were all sick (laughs) I'm still, I don't I'm, get sick. I just get out of sorts. <laughs> there you go. She got out of sorts. She got out of sorts first. So I suspect she got me out of sorts. I don't think it I had did, nothing though. to do with the two old concert I went to in which no one had masks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet, I, I bet. Yeah. I only got out of sorts and someone got sick. To be fair, though, I was getting sick before the concert. I've never been to a bad tool show, though. I bet it was amazing. It was pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's I mean, it's gonna, more like a jam session that you just get to sit in on. It is. It it's is. It's not like your usual concert experience where you go there and they like tell you you're one of the best and I can't believe it's been so long. Omaha or whatever. You know, they just like they just they just get up there and they play. Right. I think he I, he addressed the crowd once or twice, but it was like while the music was still going. Like he's going to do its thing. Yeah, for a that while, makes sense. And he's going to yes. talk about Omaha, ha, ha, or some something yeah, nonsense yeah. like that. I was like, "You're yeah. getting old, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you're getting you're bringing the dad jokes here, Maynard. What are you doing?" <laughs> he's such a ham too. Like, uh, was it the one time he was dressed in full Santa Claus outfit when he was touring with P- Perfect Circle, and he's just like just hamming it up in this Santa costume. And I was like, 
this is not what I expected. It's, it, that's yeah. It's so yeah. strange given the uh, Pussifer maybe like you right. know they're very right. tongue in cheek and weird, but like given the very serious image that Tool and the Perfect Circle have, it's right. it's it's weird. But you know it makes sense. Like that's their the project's image isn't yeah. necessarily their personalities. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it was cool. Then they were good. Um, and it's not necessarily just me being old because I've kind of felt this way for a long time. This is the first concert I've gone to in over 10 years. Oh yeah. I, I'm just kind of done with concerts. Like they're cool, but like, I will say they play the long sets too. I mean like the, oh, totally. all their songs very are long. long, you know, six minute epics, you know, it was very <laughs> long. Um, uh, tool. This is the first concert I've ever gone to where there wasn't where the, it, it was all seating. Right, which mm-hmm. isn't not a bad, not a big deal. When I was younger, I'd been like sitting at a concert, but like I'm old and kind of right. out of shape because I work from home. Uh, that's why. <laughs> but uh, the seating, it was at this the CHL CHI Health Center, which is not what you call a concert venue. That sounds right. like a hospital. Is that that's what mm-hmm. used to be the Quest Center? It's yeah. the big yeah. the big uh, Omaha yeah. venue. Okay. <laughs> And I think it used to be something else too, didn't it? It's like every it five years there. or something, they let a different company come in and I, invest money and rebrand it or something. I still think it should be the Cox Center. Oh, it used it to be Cox didn't it? for a long time. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah. No, I don't think it was. I don't think they ever won the uh, bid. Oh, <laughs> well, but it CHL, CHI Health Center is not what you call a concert venue. It's weird. Right. But right. the seating and tickets were expensive and they, they were not great seats to begin with. But the seating, like, I'm a big man and also tall. <laughs> like, okay, right. I'm, I'm big, but also tall. The seat wasn't happening. Like, I could sit in it. It was the most uncomfortable thing. My knees, like, there was nowhere for my legs. It was, like, I won't, I won't, I won't go to a concert there again. Oh, right. uh, it was the worst. Mm-hmm. Oh, Savannah, where's my cat? Where's your cat pizza? I, I, I like your mixing up. <laughs> she the ordered tears. it. She ordered it over 15 minutes ago. So, <laughs> okay, okay. To be here, we go. Cat, cat pizza. We should. There should be a cat cat <laughs> dancing should. and a p- cat pizza tier. It's all pizza. So I guess she's not wrong. Yeah, hey, it's both. Savannah, shout out to you, and also uh, shout out belated birthday shout out. Uh, Savannah's one of our patrons. And we are deeply grateful. She's also a cat dancer who likes pizza uh, because she is uh, she supports the show at our cat dancer tier on patreon.com slash garlics podcast. You notice how the shout out for our for our patrons is really just a promotion for us. Tattoo, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But we couldn't do it without you because it does help us with uh, website hosting and all the fees that go into podcasting. Because aside from Patreon. Podcasting does not um, make you money. No, at it, all. no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and there, and there's definitely Savannah money has gone to the podcast hosting fees. I'm, like it's, it has I'm kept the show that. up at times for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you have to be a cat dancer because we can. No. We use monies from other Patreon subscribers also that can't maybe can't afford the cat dancing tier, but that's okay. For just a dollar, you can uh, get some pizza and. Uh, and help support us. Yeah. 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 But Savannah does Savannah Savannah, we have to mention her because she's at the cat dancing tier. So that is correct. 
She does and have access to a hot slice of the It's All Pizza back catalog of pre-shows, post-shows, bonus shows. There's there's some stuff in there. There's Oh, yeah. 60-plus yeah. episodes and some random one-off stuff that we do once in a while. There's a, I think there's a couple live streams in there that we did like before we started doing live streams that are only posted in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, not if I'm paying... Um, to be fair, like we've just sat here and talked to Savannah this whole episode anyway, so it's like she's gonna she's gonna get a shout <laughs> it's like out. She's got a live Zoom here, is what. So she's basically, got. <laughs> right? We're just gonna set up a Zoom call straight to Savannah, and that's gonna be the show. <laughs> pretty from now soon, on. pretty soon, that will be the show, and this, uh, and you'll only find it on Patreon. <laughs> you'll only find it on Patreon <laughs> or Savannah's computer, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, you know what comes with the birth of Savannah? Springtime. It's spring. It is spring now. So That's cool. why my so nose doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm so glad winter's over, though. Yeah. Yeah, we got a nice spring tease for almost a week, and then it got cold again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what it was like today. I slept all day. It was kind of dreary today, but not as cold as it's been. Like That's yesterday, it was I a slept. lot colder. That's it was gross it was. and windy. Um, well, here's what we're going to talk about 15 minutes later. Here's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we got a couple news stories. Uh, we, I mentioned that and what we've been watching. So let's jump into what we've been watching because, uh, there's a few things, including some things that I watched, uh, we watched weeks ago that I wanted to mention on the show. And now is the time to do it. Savannah wants to go to the mountains. That's just a statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, Here's the thing. I'll mention this one first off because it's a thing we've already mentioned somewhat recently. Uh, but Melanie and I are still watching Raised by Wolves 2, as it's been labeled, but it's season two. And I think, man, I, I swear there's maybe one episode left. Unless they wanted to end, end it with the episode we watched most recently, which I hope not. But it's a good show. It's weird. It continues hey. to be weirder and weirder. I think, like, first season was pretty weird. This season, in a way... More weird. I would agree. Um, and I recommend. Okay, so you know. Sorry. What? I said, and I recommend. Yeah, I mean, we've. Yeah, we won't go on about it. Like, it's kind of a weird, like, it's like hard sci-fi, but not really hard sci-fi, because it doesn't get into the details of, like, explaining the science behind anything. <laughs> it's more mm-hmm. like. So it's like old school sci-fi, where it's just like, here's a ridiculous concept. Planet in bo- a planet that's completely populated by ape people, and the humans are not uh, able to speak. Right, right. I yeah, it's I I say hard sci-fi, but I'm using it wrong because hard sci it's not it's it's just weird sci-fi. It's there's like ancient robots that can like re- regrow themselves. So it's like wait, wait what what um. And there's other things that are, there's other things that are spoilers. I won't get into it, but it's got interesting takes on like their version, their version, their version, their version of a religion. It's not Christianity, but it's clearly kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gets into the weird like origins of that in a sci-fi way, and also like the origins of humans. So. The show is partially like, I don't know if it was co-created or just produced by Ridley Scott. And he did 
you know, some of the alien stuff, right? Including right. Prometheus, which, which was also weird, yeah. which is weird and kind of gets up its own butt about like the origins of like humans and it's got weird robots and weird aliens. This feels like, this feels like if he separated and I don't think he, I don't know how much he actually had to do with the story. Maybe he's just like, Hey, you seen that movie? Write me something, take the aliens out and make this, that into a series. It's very much that kind of thing. It follows themes of just weird stuff, like where androids and humans supposedly are kind of like, I don't know. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. Like the religious sect doesn't believe in using androids, right? Or something, something like that. I mean, I've only seen a couple episodes, but like, it's like the the whole purpose of the setup of the show is like oh we'll send them to this planet because then we can let these androids raise these kids right and that's not okay yeah cuz there's the world religion the earth is like kind of ruined by a a big war between the atheists and the the mythric whatever the the religious people uh-huh which are right there it's just like oh okay <laughs> a loaded loaded premise but sure but i think it was m- m- not so much that the religious people wouldn't use the robots because they did. In fact, I'm pretty sure they used them in much worse ways. Oh than yeah. In fact, the, they have a robot when they show up. Right. That's right. I, I think it's more like they don't, they're very like, this is a tool and we don't get attached to them and stuff like that. And maybe <clears throat> the um, atheists were less that way and more like life can be whatever we want it to be or something of that nature. Right. Um, yeah, so that's the basis. But then, like, like Prometheus, it gets into, like, but what if there were ancient, also ancient robots and ancient humans that evolved or devolved? It's Some aliens. Look, there's <laughs> aliens. There's acid sea fish people. There's, uh, yeah, it's so strange, but very entertaining. And I, it's, I know I talked about this one. We talked about the first season, but... I love exploring the idea of like androids developing emotions and mm-hmm. that plays a lot into the season again. So pretty cool. Yep. It definitely leans hard into the, like, you know, it's not magical. It's just a, it's advanced science to where mm-hmm. it's like insane supernatural stuff happens. And it's like, Nope, it's just advanced science. It's like, no, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, what are you talking going, about? They're going Marvel Thor on this, huh? Uh, kind of. Are they kinda. gods or are they just aliens that are really advanced? Mm. I'm not going to say kind of. I'm going to say very much, and I'm not going to go any further. But, yeah, it definitely plays into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect to go that far into that show, but, yeah, there you go. Raised by Wolves, HBO Max. Apparently it was doing well enough to get a second season. That's a show I didn't expect to come back. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. If this was on another streaming service, it probably wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't have given it a chance, despite its popularity. Mm-hmm. Speaking, oh, Jesse. Yes. What you got? You got anything you've been watching? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's throw it into a weird direction, because there's been a fair amount of news about this individual lately. And uh, that is, <laughs> that is, I watched Willie's Wonderland. I think right. that's what it's called, right? So it's Nicolas Cage, and he doesn't say, uh, he doesn't say anything. Not a word. He says no words in this movie, and it's basically Five Nights at Freddy, but without anything that's Five Nights at Freddy. And it's basically evil showbiz pizza, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, I mean, like that's the whole premise of the show is basically they, there's this town that has made a pact with this evil pizza joint and, uh, or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, no, right. I'm, I'm sorry guys if I'm spoiling this, but like, this is the premise of the whole show, uh, is, is that they've made this pact with a pizza place or a mm-hmm. hot dog place or whatever it is. And, um, it's basically Chuck E. Cheese or, or Showbiz Pizza that's that's gone awry. That has a it has a dark past, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and they have this whole setup where they uh, they they have people get stuck in town, and then those people are forced to spend the night in this uh, this basically haunted place, and uh, they are typically never seen from again mm-hmm. until Nick Cage. Who drinks way too much energy drink, <laughs> says no words, really likes pinball, like really. And uh man, he is efficient. He will clean he will clean things up and mess things up uh <laughs> very quickly. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? I I loved it. I, and I was like, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. I don't I don't have huge expectations for this. And and then I was like, Wait, this is what's happening? This mm-hmm. is crazy and incredible. Like, the, the acting it is, in it is not good, except for Nicolas Cage. Like, this may be one of my favorite roles that he's ever done, and he's <laughs> done some great roles. <laughs> Audio <laughs> listeners, you're missed so much if you don't check out the videos. Like, okay, it is kind of amazing that he he has no dialogue, but he's still pure Nicolas Cage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pure Nicolas Cage. I think I would like if they separated everything that wasn't the Nicolas Cage parts, pulled the rest of the crap out of the movie. I would have liked it a lot more. The problem is, anytime it went to other characters that weren't yeah. Nicolas Cage, it was just like a B, like a low budget B grade movie, and that can work sometimes. But in this case, right. I don't. I feel like it didn't. But it was it was entertaining. I did like. Th- that he was so committed to his his breaks that when other people are there getting attacked and he shows up and he's like awesome for whatever reason he can fight these things <laughs> yeah. if his if if the thing is about to kill one of the other characters and his timer goes off to, for a break he'll drop everything and leave him to die to go get mm-hmm. his break yeah yeah he might hand them the gun but that's it that's it he's still going to go drink his so drink his energy drink and play his pinball he spent mm-hmm. all night cleaning that machine up you know yeah yeah, he spent uh, the first couple breaks just getting it ready, <laughs> painstakingly, lovingly. It, it almost seemed like he, like that's what he does. Like he just <laughs> goes around and fights evil silently or something. Yeah, um, but, but he, doesn't, he doesn't address it really. But like he doesn't want to. That's not his goal. Yeah. He just happens into these situations, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 the character I'm reading. <laughs> Yeah, and like you needed those other characters, but they were not well acted, and the and the script is so garbage. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like like they tried to create this backstory and lore and give each of the like animatronics like some kind of story. Like the one mm-hmm. was just like, "I don't want to hurt you. I'm weird like you. I'm not like the others. We could be friends." But really, I just want to kill you, too, just like everybody else is like, don't do it, kid. Stay in that thing you're hiding in or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's my whole th- this. The script is terrible and it could have been yeah. better. It could have still been campy. 
but it could have been better and it was bad. And I think maybe the only reason the Nicolas Cage stuff works is because there's no dialogue. No dialogue. <laughs> right, right. It's fascinating it, because of that too. It, it's very much, it's just the same thing. Just like cleaning up until one of the things wakes up and attacks him, murder the thing, time for break over and over. Like that's intentionally like the repetition there. And right. that's fine. That works. I don't, I wish they would have played up like the things coming to life more because when it, the first attack happens, it's just this stupid bird animatronic creature or whatever ostrich or something Turkey. And it's just like, Whoa. And it's just there. And it just attacks. And it's like, <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, your big lead but up. It, but also it's like that it's, it's that fast too. Like, I love that first encounter because it's just like, well, I'm going to kill you or something. It's like super duper dorky. And so Nick Cage just, just, I mean, spoilers, but he annihilates it in, in uh, just no time flat. He and can, then he, thinks nothing of it and goes right back to work. Yeah. No, re, like no reaction to the fact that a robotic thing just came to life and tried to murder him. Other and than he, he needs a new shirt now. He's like yeah. a supernatural <laughs> fighter in that too. And yeah. that like he, at certain points he can like rip these things apart with his hands. Like he's just like for no reason, amazing at fighting these things. Mm-hmm. And but he has no reaction to it. He's just like that. Part of the job, I guess. Maybe he's the chosen one. You think? Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's I like, think we're in good hands then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't really get into this. If anything, I got kind of a. He doesn't seem like a good guy. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Who says sure chosen you're one up has on to energy be a good drinks? And- if you can't be a good guy, be an awesome guy. Okay. If you can't be good, be awesome. Fair point. And so, I mean, like, why why is that like re- relevant or timely? Uh, what, there was that article that just came out that was like um, Nick Cage just paid off all of his debts or whatever because he did all of these mm-hmm. VOD movies, movies like this. I I'm assuming, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like uh, he's like I never phoned it in. I always act you know, like I always acted the crap out of it. And right. it was like, well, you can't, you can't claim that he didn't. He's never been accused of underacting. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, the quote should have been, "I overacted everything. I overacted every time. everything. That's what you. That's why you come to a Nick Cage production, and that's what I delivered." Right. Yeah. That was. Uh, that's in uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Grolic's podcast. I think we posted a, a link to that art article. Yeah. yeah. It, I like that he's straight up like, I owed a lot of money because uh, <laughs> he did. He blew like yeah. millions of dollars on tax. And this is not necessarily new, but it's just like, I guess, following up on, he got out of his millions, millions of dollars worth of debt to the IRS by cranking out these uh, direct-to-video and direct to video on demand movies because yeah, I, think yeah. I think he said he was doing like four movies a year approximately. Right. I believe it considering what, you know, how many, how many just seem to just keep coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but, there is, I'm sorry. I was going to say, but it's a good thing in my opinion, because that's also what led him into some of the best movies. I think that I've seen of him like Mandy and, um, uh, color of space and other things like that. Right, right, because some of those, he he did several, you know, and Mom and Dad, like, I don't know if he counts that as one of them, but Mom and Dad was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Not a great movie, but an entertaining movie. 
And that did kind of like start him into a path of like the lower budget horror movies, including some not so good ones. What was that one with the kid that disappeared or whatever? I think Jesse, you might have watched it. Oh, what was that called? Yeah. Yeah. I watched it for our last cage. Yeah. The <laughs> our cage. last cage match or whatever we called it. <laughs> Nick Cage was the villain or Nick Cage was the monster of the week. We're going to have to. T- <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do more cage matches. That was actually fun. I, I have never <laughs> been disappointed by a Nick Cage themed episode. <laughs> There's mm. always something new that I discover because of it. Well, I've trashed his acting in the past. I think as I have think I. I've, I've in, gotten a new appreciation for him. He's he's got to be. He has to be in the right movie or c- come to the movie with the right mindset. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard good things about Pig, and that looks like more of a like downplayed drama, right? Um, which I'm excited about of, the new one? You know, which basically is parodying his entire you know uh, debt situation, anyways. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I, it kind of, it's Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage right. in a ridiculous scenario. I mm-hmm. want to see it. The unbearable, was the unbearable weight of talent or something? Talent or something. something like, it's yeah. such a it's perfect got Pedro title Pascal in it too. I mean, like, it's going to be so much fun. Um, well, did you see the other article where he wants, um, he wants to host um, Saturday Night Live, but not host Saturday Night Live. He wants to host Saturday Night Live as oh, was it Andy Samberg who plays him on oh the week, weekly update. Like there was that one time where, where right. Nicolas Cage actually came on and then they both played Nicolas Cage. And mm-hmm. so he wants like Andy Samberg to do his uh, opening monologue. <laughs> how, has, as, how has SNL not jumped on that yet? I don't know. If he's That's got incredible. interest. Do it. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. He could have easily fallen into the, like, either not acknowledge, and he kind of doesn't acknowledge, which is kind of the thing also, but easily or get, got offended or irritated by people's fascination with him and the qualities that people point out to as to why they are fascinated with him. Mm-hmm. Like the like fact that he's goth, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about... <laughs> I'm goth now. I'm goth. I'm a goth. He's got a crow. I've got a crow. Crows are, just, <laughs> crows are pretty cool. I'm a goth. I'm a uh, goth now. Y- you know he says things because he knows, <laughs> right? Like he knows how he ridiculous knows. it is. He knows how this works, man. He's uh, figured it out. He, he's embraced it, right? Like yeah. he he he's smart. He's even embraced said it. like in um in like interviews for like when he did uh, the noir Spider Man for Into the Spider Verse, he's like, oh, so you want full Nick Cage? <laughs> he wants you want me to go full Nick Cage on this. So he knows. That's fun. I love that he used that term terminology exactly. Or precisely, you know, that's mm-hmm. right. Well, that'll segue into another then article real quick. I know we're jumping around, but because we got more Nick Cage. Uh this is just a short one, and like if it wasn't Nick Cage, I might skip over it, but it's Nick Cage. But he says this is according to IndieWire.com, probably based on a, yeah, a, a GQ interview that Cage did. Um, Nicholas Cage says he doesn't understand the conflict over masterful move, over masterful Marvel movies versus art films. Basically, Francis Ford Coppola, super famous director Francis Ford Coppola, also his uncle, um, 
took the Marty Scorsese route and dogged on the big Marvel comic book movies and basically said they're, um, what did he say? Let me jump through. Francis Ford Coppola had said, what was it? I'm going to guess. Oh, one, he, he, he slammed comic book films as quote, one prototype movie that is made over and over and over and over and over again to look different. End quote. Uh, basically like, it's just like one style of movie or one type of movie that they're just making over and over again. It's a genre film. Mm. <laughs> right. I mean, arguably if you wanted to be a D bag, you could say that about horror movies. You could say that about drama movies. Like right. it, that is, it's a type of movie that people you could say that about the hero's journey. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's what, and uh, so I was going to say, I'm going to guess it was something about it being very formulaic because it is, but that's kind of how they are, you know? Right. Um, well, Nicholas Cage doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's because he wants to come back and be Ghost Rider again. <laughs> he was asked about this, and he says he doesn't understand the conflict. He's like, "Yeah, why did they do that? Uh, I don't understand the conflict. I don't agree with them on that perception or opinion." Wait, wait. I don't understand the conflict. I don't agree with them on that perception or opinion. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic you're coming up <laughs> yeah. here with, but no. Uh, He says, I think the movies that I make, like Pig or Joe, are not in any kind of conflict with Marvel movies. I mean, I don't think the Marvel movie had anything to do with the end of the tweener. By tweener, I mean the 30 to $50 million budget movie. I think movies are in good shape. If you look at Power of the Dog, or if you look at Spencer, or any of uh, Megan Ellison's movies, I think they're still Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, Marvel has done a really excellent job at entertaining the whole family. They put a lot of thought into it. I mean, it's definitely had a big progression from when I was doing the first two Ghost Rider movies. Kevin Feige, or whoever is behind that machine, has found a masterful masterful way of weaving the stories together and interconnecting all the characters. What could be wrong with wholesome entertainment that is appealing to the parents and the children and gives people something to look forward to? I just, I don't see what the issue is. Um, uh, And at some other point he said, uh, uh, he did, okay, nope. And then it kind of derails because there must not be more. But basically, he's like, yeah, he'd love to. He'd do it. <laughs> of course mm-hmm. he would. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, he is a little <laughs> biased. He's been in, like, he was going to be in Superman. He was yes. uh, in those Ghost Rider movies. He um, he was Kick-Ass. the voice of Superman in uh, the Teen Titans Go movie. Well, and he's famously a huge comic book nerd. Like he's right. mm-hmm. he's a big collector. Well, he collects everything, which is why he, he ended up doing a straight to video movies for several years. But he, wasn't he gonna name his kid Kal El? Or he did, did name, name his, his kid Kal El. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. So he's a huge. Co- so you know, he's of course a little biased. Of course, but that's not Marvel. That's DC. Come on. Right. He <laughs> could also like. I could see him being potentially pretentious and be like. Oh no! I only do real film. <laughs> we see, really, yeah, yeah. we see, Costa, we've seen, we've seen Ghost Rider and and uh, you know all the other movies you've done. I didn't know that he was related to Coppola. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I uh, think his real name is like Nicholas Ford Coppola, and he like changed it so that. He, like, yeah, he changed. You it know what Coppola. would have more snap? Cage. Well, let's go I'm with a, that. I'm like a goth. I'm like a Nick in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, and let's ax the K. We'll just go Nick, like Bick pens. <laughs> Nick Cage. 
It really rings. Okay, so let's jump back to what we've been watching real quick because I oh, if I'd have thought about it earlier enough, I'd have a graphic. It's Watiti Watch. Hashtag Watiti Watch. Oh yes. Because mm. wasn't it a thing? We okay. So there's a new, there's a newer show. Well, new. They just had their season finale. We haven't watched it yet. It just aired today. I think it went on HBO Max. Called Our Flag Means Death, and it's not the best Watiti thing ever. But I kind of love it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pirate show p- placed in pirate times, but everyone acts very modern. Like it's very anachronistic huh. in that respect. Mm-hmm. And so, th- like th- for example, they get a lot of a lot of mileage out of. And and keep in mind, we're also following not bad. They're not good pirates. They're just crappy pirates. But like, there's a lot of mileage out of pirates. Acting like overly sensitive and, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were watching and Melanie's like, I don't even think I like, they need to do better advertising. I don't even think I heard of this. And I was like, I, this might've been one of the many Watiti projects that we reported like two years ago or something, because there was a, yeah. it became I like a running talking gag about it. Yeah. Be, every week there'd be like, four new projects associated with him like right. shortly after Thor. He just was huge. And then I, so I was like, I think we reported on just a bulk of stuff. Don't remember any of it. And then it just all spent, you know, COVID happened, but it all just spent like two years in production and they're finally coming out. Um, I think this is one of them because I, I didn't know what this was when I seen it pop up there. And I was like, wait, I was like, wait, why TD's is involved in that? Um, and if it the first episode, maybe two, he's not really around, right? Right. And I was I was a little on the fence. I was like, I appreciate what they're doing, especially after the first. I feel like the first episode's maybe the weakest because it also has another like the kind of main character up to a certain point. They do the like, it's funny because he's totally inept and kind of dumb. And I was like, oh, it's the office or countless other comedy trope and. And I, I don't really like that. It feels kind of lazy to me. But there's other decent comedy to prop it up. But then Taika Waititi comes in, and I'd say he's the other lead of the show, which I was not expecting him to have such a pr- prominent role as a very unexpected character. And it totally made it for me. Like, the dynamic he creates, I, I kind of loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I would say it has a very similar feel to what we do in The Shadows, only not it's like completely different but still that same it's like out of place yes kind of yeah whimsical i don't know it's it's good it's good yeah it is yeah i don't feel like it's as strong as what we do in the shadows but it does have the same quality as what we do in the shadows worked works so well is because it's like taking vampires and they're very much vampires of their time right but then having them behave in ways that you wouldn't expect and putting them in like modern world and dealing with that. This is like taking pirates and then just applying the, we're not taking them out of their pirate world. They exist in a pirate world in that time frame, but applying modern world sensibilities to their actions, it works in the same premise, but like just kind of handled differently. Uh, it's good. And it is good. Most of the pirate characters are super like, I think there's only one I didn't really care for. Uh, I like them. They're all very likable or entertaining <laughs> and, and offbeat and 
uh, it's good. It's a really good show. I was very surprised by it. It's almost like self-aware historical figures. Oh yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, they they'll t- they talk so like they'll use modern slang. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, there's a lot of it's very open. They're very open. Of course, that's not necessarily a modern thing, but they're very open with their sexuality. And like, it's so, it's just so weird. It's such, it takes, it takes such a weird turn once in a while. You're just like, whoa, okay, okay, we're doing this. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's got, it's got some strong female characters too. That I appreciate that. Ooh, yeah. Good. Yeah. What, uh, what, what can we watch this on? Where, where do you find this one? Oh, uh, not on Netflix. Cause not on Netflix. It, it, who knows if they would have, no. It's so on, they're getting a season two is what you're saying. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> if it was on Netflix, probably not. Um, yeah, it's on HBO max. Oh, okay. HBO max. So yeah, definitely worth, worth checking out. You guys support everything. Watiti does. Cause somehow it, the more he involved, he is in it. Even like, I did not expect him to like be playing a lead role. Uh, if anything, when he pops up, I was like, oh, okay, cool. He's going to, it's going to be a cameo. He's going to be in here for an episode. He's the rest of the season. Spoilers. He's in the rest of the, he's in every episode after that. Like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Also, and even though it's comedy, like, he's legitimately good. Like, he gets to ha- show off range. Huh. And I always, like, I, I think of him like, yeah, he's funny. He, he, right. You know? Usually plays something kind of bombastic or self-deprecating. De- yeah, and quirky and like, yeah. and, and he does that too, but he also gets to be intimidating and scary. Like he played like a villain in free guy. Right. I was on the it fence about of, it. Yeah. He was like, a. it was a little much good at it. You know, he <laughs> right. was just like, okay, somehow he's in charge. And in this, he gets to play a bad guy kind of. And he legitimately seems like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I would not, I'd be intimidated by that guy. I would not like to hang out with that sometimes. Other mm-hmm. times he seems fun. So <laughs> anyway, I just had to praise that for a while. I don't know if people are watching it. Go watch it. Make sure it gets another season. Or yeah. not. I haven't seen the season finale. Maybe it's a one and done. I don't know. Speaking of things that we can praise. Pick, pick a thing. I don't know. Um. <laughs> you got something else, Jesse? <laughs> oh, uh, I did. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know how, how far we want to go. But um, Doesn't Adam Project. Adam Project oh, the right. only yeah, other yeah, yeah. thing I really watched. Um, and, you know, I, I liked it. And but I also feel a certain way about these projects that um, that Ryan Reynolds has done for Netflix, like Red Notice. Everybody loved. Did you guys watch Red Notice? Huh. No. The Rock. Like people loved this thing, and it was like, okay, it was all right, but it was like so over the top and campy. And yeah, they they work well within that context. Like these actors can embrace that, but also it's like. It wasn't as well, you know, it's not as well written as a lot of other projects that these people have done. So I don't, I don't totally understand the love. It feels like a B grade movie with A list stars. Is mm-hmm. it getting a lot of love? Like I was a little surprised because we watched this too. And I was a little surprised when I went to log it on Letterboxd. I, I usually scope through the reviews when I'm logging it to see what other mm-hmm. people like the general cons. I was kind of surprised at, I mean, it, a lot of people put it around three stars, I think. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the average, like, right in the middle. I think that that's seems, reasonable. I do that think that's fair. reasonable. Yeah. But reading through some of the reviews, I was like, I didn't expect quite as much of the hate for it. Like, there was a lot oh, of really? negative reviews. Um, hmm. And 
Yeah. I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he's amazing. Um, I will admit that this is not maybe one of his better movies, but I didn't think it was bad at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed yeah. it way more than I thought. And I think part of it is the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, that kid pulled it off, man. Like right. I, mm-hmm. I actually at certain points was like, man, they really cast this well. I don't know if they cast it as well as that kid just acted so. Like he did it. Like he, he cracked mm-hmm. the Ryan Reynolds like kind of quippy, fast speech cadence code. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was talking to Melanie about this last night. But one of the things I seen in the review because we were talking about Ryan Reynolds because we do. Because mm-hmm. someone's infatuated. Uh, <laughs> Randy, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Sorry. There are other actors out there. I love me some Van Wilder, okay? <laughs> Somebody, like, a, a reoccurring thing, and in particular, one review was like, this is this is like the seventh movie I've seen Ryan Reynolds just dead, like, be Deadpool in this scenario. And given that that's, I... That's given funny, that, because, like, he's a character actor. It's the same thing as Nick Cage. It's like... Some people can get away with it. Apparently, Ryan Reynolds can't. Given that I, my criticism of Ryan Reynolds is that he's always just been Van Wilder since Van Wilder. And it's true. But in this case, I feel like it doesn't apply to this movie. The kid is doing Van Wilder the whole movie. Ryan Reynolds is doing grumpy old, grumpy old version, like basically future gone wrong version. And he's not particularly happy he cracks a few jokes but like he plays a very grumpy version of ryan reynolds and i was like he's not as fun but that's kind of intentional he he punches his dad in the face (laughs) because he won't stop talking it was like dude that's your thing where do you think you got it (laughs) i feel like the the van wilder deadpool in terms of ryan reynolds performance itself for most of the movie was very downplayed of course you know, slight spoilers at the end. Things might turn out okay. When uh, the sp- his spirit has been lifted a bit, uh, then it's full Van Wilder, <laughs> like right. just in that little end bit. But uh, no, I thought he was fine. Like, yeah, he and there's moments where he was upset. He put out some 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 range, and he's he's capable actor. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I just it seemed like this movie of all movies. Like, like there's listen, there's a million movies you can put throw that complaint at. Uh, but uh, I felt like it wasn't as prominent in this one. It is interesting thinking. I wonder, like, I mean, they had a budget. It looked pretty nice. The digital de-aging thing they did to uh, the one lady in this, not good. (laughs) Not good. Some uncanny valley there, yeah. Real bad. But otherwise it looked good, but I wonder, like, it feels like it was very limited in its settings. It feels like Mm -hmm. there was just a handful of places it went. So I wonder if they kept budget low that way, or maybe budget wasn't low. I don't know. Um, well, maybe Netflix is having budget problems because uh, they were losing money just consistently, weren't they, for the last couple of years? You hire a bunch of A-listers to make random projects for you. <laughs> well, then they just recently announced that they're going to um, raise it, you know, raising the rates again, that uh-huh. they're really cracking down on people sharing passwords because mm-hmm. they, you know, because all that lost revenue. And then their, their um, talking point for that is, well, we, we just want to make sure that we are getting, you know, getting the money to fund the projects that you, that people want and expect from Netflix, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. no, why Netflix? <laughs> so you can tease us cancel with it, it and then cancel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, 
I would rather put it, if I were them, I would say, so we don't have to cancel all your favorite projects and shows, you know? That would <laughs> right. be a better be way like, to say it. Yeah, Give yes, us, you do it anyway. We need to make sure we get money so that we can keep your shows going instead of, you know, <laughs> having to cancel everything and let Disney take all our money or HBO or whatever, you know? If they really wanted to soften the blow, what they could have said was, we need, we need this money so we can fund another season of Glow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all would be forgiven. I have been a Netflix defender, I would say, for a long time. Uh, and for, I, I remember several times throughout the eight years, and I won't keep mentioning that every episode, uh, that we've been doing the show. It's like, up to a certain point, yeah, I'll pay Netflix more. It's fine. Sure. They're giving me the value. Right. But now they're teasing me with the value and then taking it away once I'm invested. Because I guess we're going to do this. Let's react at the news again. <laughs> oh. Archive 81 canceled by Netflix after one season. What? What, Netflix? Mm-hmm. I might be done with you. <laughs> this was a top to bottom. I mean, like, I haven't seen, I, I still haven't finished the first season. But, like, based on the episodes I've seen, it's top to bottom good production on this show. Like, yeah. sound production, good acting good storytelling whatever's going on in this show has me um has me invested mm -hmm. and because i'm used to how netflix does if if i hadn't seen the attention the show got for a bit i would have just been like this seems like it could be a one season and then it's not coming back right and slight spoilers if you haven't finished it they set up another season well, it's not coming back. And the reason I think that upsets me so much is because it actually hit their like top their trending list, their top 10 list. Yeah. It got some traction. It seemed like I'd heard people actually talking about it. They've renewed shows I've heard no one talk about. So I was like, oh, well, this seems like a shoe in. Right. But it wasn't. So it's a combination of this and then like canceling Glow. It really is kind of Glow's the go-to. Yeah. A show that was popular. They were active. They were filming the next season, and they still pulled the plug on it. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm done defending, man. <laughs> it's, it's too irritating. It's too irritating right. because yeah, they do some good stuff, and I know a lot of people dog on the quality of the Netflix originals. Between their originals and then the originals they pick up from foreign countries, like there's some good stuff to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, Squid like, Games was awesome. Yeah, I don't want to, but I don't want to get invested in something that's just going to get canceled partway through. It's uh, before we we're streaming, Jesse, you were saying it's like Swamp Thing. Right. It's like mm -hmm. you start watching it oh, or you don't. They announce it's canceled before it even starts airing. And it's like, well, why should I waste my time then if it's not yeah. going to go anywhere? Or mm -hmm. there's definitely no um, impetus for me to get finished with it in any kind of timely fashion because whatever's there is all I've got. So I might as well. Right ration it out right right it's got to last me <laughs> right right i i, I was so actually good i, I gotta keep a few <laughs> i will still defend netflix though because uh, like they're for every other streaming service if i go there i'm going there because i i'm like oh there's a good show i want to watch i'll go there and watch that show I would never really get on any of those other services and just look for some crap to watch for a minute. And Netflix is great for that. That's what they're best at, in my opinion, is just they've got so much stuff. There's going to be something that's eh, decent enough and it's not going to annoy me and I can watch it. Most of their places don't have that. They have stuff, but it's stuff that I hate. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. 
Or specifically curated um, yeah. towards a certain yeah. demographic right. like, or something. I mean, like Hulu, Hulu carries a lot of network stuff, but like they definitely have a lot of stuff geared towards the casual TV viewer. Uh, Amazon. Amazon's weird. Amazon's <laughs> weird. They're all yeah. over the place, but also like it's hard to find some stuff on there sometimes because they've got so much crap mixed in there. And half of it you can't just watch if you have a Prime account. It's it's all that it's like Hulu like they've got a bunch of stuff that's just like oh with the Showtime upgrade or the whatever upgrade it's like no 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 right. I don't want none of that um, Disney Plus you know if I had kids there'd be tons of stuff I'd want to watch on there but I don't so. Fuzz Bucket Fuzz Bucket uh, even HBO Max like that's why I think our our flag means death surprised me a bit because I'd I'd never go on there to see like well what's the new originals. Because I don't know, like there's not a lot, right? Like there's right. some stuff, but there's a bunch of stuff I don't care for, or I don't doesn't look interesting. For yeah, for HBO, it's usually like they have one or two maybe big shows that everybody's watching, and then now movies that come out. Same thing with Disney Plus. That's yeah. basically what yeah. they have going is that they have whatever's another cool show kind of just on the horizon to keep you subscribing. So like, what Moon Knight is coming out here at the end of the month for. Disney Plus. So it's like, whatever the mm. next Marvel or Star Wars property is. Right. Yeah. Outside yeah, of that, have really there's literally nothing I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with HBO. HBO, uh, I am going to say that HBO is doing a better job with it, the original content kind of stuff. Right. Like Netflix, but they aren't there yet with their robust catalog that that Melanie was talking about. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of where I think where Netflix gets the reputation for just pumping out crap. And I don't think they do. But that's the no. reputation they get because they – and I get it. That costs a lot of money to build up that kind of catalog of originals. Like that costs so much money. And they're not the big fish in the pond at this point, so they can't just throw money at it. But I, I do recall when they were transitioning into original stuff, complaining that like they've got a few originals, a few good originals, but like – where's all the other shows they're losing all the movies and the shows like they're focusing mm -hmm. on originals, but there's not enough there years ago, probably on this very show. I remember complaining about that, but they're to the point where it's like, Oh no, they have like a good, huge catalog of original stuff. Like Melanie was saying, I will go on there just to see like any interesting new shows I haven't heard of. Um, especially since they do have a lot of the foreign shows. That's like, they pick up a lot of stuff there and there's, there's some stuff worth watching in that. Uh, we'd started watching, we got a few episodes into we're all dead or something like that, or we're all dead or we're all dead here or something. Uh -huh. Korean zombie show uh, mm -hmm. placed in a school or something. Um, there yeah. mostly takes place in a school. Pretty interesting. I was expecting a comedy when we started it and it's not really that, but um, no, like almost, almost tear jerking a few times. Right. Uh, so like, there's a lot of good stuff, uh, but man, they they irritate me. <laughs> they irritate. That's the whole point. The whole yeah. point is like they kind of pushed it to the, like archive eighty one again. If it weren't the fact that I, it, it seemed like they were doing it right. They got views. They were in the top ten for a while. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be so upset about it. But it's like, oh well. It, you know what Netflix's problem is? They're too good. They make too many good shows, and they can't afford to keep making them all. And so we get angry at them. That's what the problem is. Darn you, Netflix! You're too good. Well, I feel like they're prioritizing. I worry they're getting cheap though, too, because and they can 
people watch those freaking cooking shows and the various yeah. like slight take slightly different versions of reality shows because right. those are dirt cheap to make. They'll literally scrap an entire cast or show and restart if something goes wrong because they can afford to. It doesn't matter. It's cheap. And I know they pay the stand-up commit like Dave Chappelle, that's a whole can of worms, but like I know he made a ton of money off of them. But like the stand-up, I know they they pump out the stand-up and I'm sure they have to pay the comedians a lot. But in terms of production, talk about a dirt cheap production. Oh, like yeah. it's a stand-up special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they do stuff like Tiger King, like half of that show is other people's footage, you know? Right. Um, uh, or news things or whatever. So yeah, they they probably really barely have to pay anything, and it was huge. Right. Oh yeah, that probably funded a couple of shows. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. And so, and I get like you know, they've got to figure out how to be profitable, whereas they've never really had to worry about that because they're they were so gold they could just keep borrowing money forever, and that it hasn't been the case for a long time. But man, come on. Come on, guys. Does make me worry a little bit about Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai is there just now. So. I'm a little surprised it's still they they've kept it going this right. long. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad, but I mean, at this point, like every show, every and that's the thing. Every new show, it's just like it's probably going to be one season. So if I watch it and I like it, I start scoping. Like, is it popular? Is it popular? Right. Will it come back? But I can't even go by that now because Archive 81 seemed like a surprise hit. Right. Everybody I talked to was like, this show's crazy and good. Everybody that I knew that watched it anyways. Well, we're just not. Maybe they couldn't only afford like one show with effects and they still got another Stranger Things coming out. So, Right. Yeah, Stranger Things, the production been dragging on for a while. So, yeah. I also, and I don't. Okay, this isn't spoilers because the first season does this quite a bit. I feel like if they continued it, there would be a period piece element to it because mm-hmm. the first season jumps back to the 90s quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the second season would kind of continue that trend. And period pieces are expensive, even just jumping back to the 90s. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, whether whether they're actually like pulling in all old cars and whatever or like a, if they're not in one location, like most of the first season, if they're out in public – that's a lot of, I'm assuming, digital background replacement to make sure, sure. all the car, cars are accurate, the landmarks look right, because things have changed. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And Glow, I feel like, is probably another, that could right. have been another element to the cost of something like Glow, which took place in the 80s. Period pieces are expensive. They got to save up their money for witchers and right. what else is like fantasy or period pieces that like whatever weird British period p- drama is currently going, you know, I'm, whatever they could get. Like they have to scrap an eighties and a nineties show in order to afford a, uh, a <laughs> 1840s right. or a 1950s, like <laughs> cost money. Anyway, we, we all got the coughs. I had to mute. I'm not saying I got the big sickness this last week, but uh, there were a couple of days I had no taste and no smell, so I don't know. Oh. I never got tested. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I I'm okay. I don't think anyone's getting tested anymore. We're wearing masks. Nobody cares. We're all going to die. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, eventually, sure. Well, if if it had gotten real bad, 
I'd have been like, well, I should get a test or maybe go to the hospital. Right. I actually canceled a doctor's appointment I had randomly during it because I was like, it sucks. It's kind of bad. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's not that bad for me. Uh, I'm not right. saying it's not that bad, but for me, I think it's a combination of the vax and booster. But also, sure. I think I think my blood, my blood, <laughs> uh, my, my, a couple of members of my family have gotten it, and including my mom, who, like, that was a huge worry. And sure. she she had a vaccine and at least one or two boosters. She got it and was okay. Oh, um, and a couple of Good. members of my family had got it, including one of my sisters who got it before the vaccines were coming out or wildly available and was relatively okay. So I think some people just might be more immune. So maybe like Mm -hmm. the vaccine didn't, the vaccine was nothing. I've had worse other vaccines, like the vaccine was fine on me. So maybe I'm just wasn't as prone to it as Uh, I was. I remember you saying that the flu shot floored you a few times. The pneumonia shot. Oh, I hope to never get one like that again. That was the worst. That Mm -hmm. caused me problems for like weeks like pain the, that, you know, I couldn't sleep. It was awful. The COVID shot messed me up a little bit, especially yeah. like my arm, the arm that I got, that I got it in was messed up for a really long time. But then again, I think the guy was mad because I came in like right before close and he says I didn't have an appointment, but I know I did. And I'm pretty sure he gave me a shot in a bad place that was too high up and too close to my bone, but whatever. Maybe, maybe he needs a different job. Man, I don't. I feel like we don't have time to talk about. We also watched Dune and the Boys animated show. Um, which, if you're curious, real quick about the Boys, the Boys presents Diabolical. Speaking of random shows, on that was a show I was like, that's a weird, what a weird the Boys. That's a weird thing to like. Hey, cartoon spinoff, totally worth watching. I feel I enjoyed it. Uh, every episode is a totally different. Is a different sto- uh, story. Short story different animators uh, animator like one of the episodes is totally a rick and morty style like they have bring on different people to do each episode so they're hit and miss a little but otherwise pretty good mm-hmm. the first episode does like a classic cartoon like like old like it's not like mr magoo but you know where they set up a premise also it's kind of a, like a heart touching story even but they set up a premise where, like a baby, like you got to chase after a baby and all crazy things are happening. Like it's old cartoon style. And Melanie and I recently tried just like once or twice this Netflix show interactive game show thing. That's like an old cartoon, uh, old style cartoon, like Tom and Jerry style a little bit where you're like, a cat, it's cat burglar and you got to answer trivia questions. And if you get somebody wrong, then like your the cat dies and then you start over from a certain spot. Um, your cat burglar character. It was okay. The first episode of the boys takes that same like era of cartoons and nails it so much better. Huh. So mm-hmm. much better. Um, super gory though. The whole series, ooh, super very gory, gory, gory including that first one. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird, but fun, like addition to the boys universe. If you enjoyed the boys series, check it out. Does it feel like, how's it stack with like Invincible in terms of I, gore? Is it more gory than oh, Invincible? Oh, or? Y- y- I'd say yeah. Yeah, probably. I'd say potentially yeah, because like no, that yeah, first definitely. one, which I think is maybe like the most heartwarming one. And it's like the, it's, the other ones are like different animation style, but the first one is 
specifically like an old cartoon style, the gore is insane. It's yeah. insane, even in that one. Uh-huh. It's it's follows one of the babies that has laser eyes, and oh yeah, like she sneezes and it goes off or whatever, and just cuts people down. And it's just this is hardcore. Um, but at the same time, it's cute and heartwarming. It's such yes. a weird juxtaposition. And then some of the other ones also get into like violence, but also like kind of mature themes and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, it's still very adult, right. um, as is appropriate for the boys. Mm-hmm. Can I real quick, just because it's more my thing than your thing, I think, but yeah. Dune was a yes. f- beautiful and wonderful. I would suggest reading the books because I, first of all, the books are always better, but I also think like it seemed to lack a lot of explanation that maybe Randy like enjoys that he doesn't like things over explained, but I don't, I think I would have been slightly confused if I hadn't read the books already. So, and it, Ends midway through the freaking story. That annoys me, but whatever. It 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 fully does. It fully ends partway through the story. You're like, okay, well, hmm. they are definitely banking on the second one. But right. I enjoyed it, and I'd watched the David Lynch Dune. I've never read the books. I don't remember much about the story of the David Lynch Dune. Um, and I did have Melanie there to fill me in sometimes, whether I was curious or not, to fill me in on certain things. <laughs> Sorry, but. I did appreciate in that the first part, like it clearly has a lot of world building to set up, but it didn't feel cumbersome. Like a lot of times exposition can feel cumbersome, especially if they're, if it's some like big book uh, franchise, I guess book series that it's got to like cram a bunch of info. Like here's how this world works. There, you know, Different Game of Thrones would do it where they coined the term sex position, where it was always like there was lots of exposition, but they'd always do it when there were naked bits going on to keep people's right. attention. Like, you know, this doesn't do that. But it, so it does have the exposition, but it doesn't ever feel cumbersome or forced. It's just like, well, sure. It's just like people are gearing up to this. Here's what we got to do. My point is, I felt like the exposition was handled super well. It wasn't cumbersome um, or overexplained. And if anything, I like, so long as it's not just like baffling, confusing, bafflingly confusing why things are happening, I kind of like there being some vagueness and mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, I feel like, kept enough details to where you could figure it out, um, but left enough out to where, like, it's still kind of like, huh, well, fast, like it makes it almost the omission of certain stuff almost makes it more interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I don't know world and you're just there. There's a thing that if you're familiar with the story or familiar with the books, I think you would know that I was not aware of that happens towards the end of the movie that kind of makes it a twist where you're like, oh, like the way they deliver certain things about how the spice works and like the whole premise of that, Melanie felt was underexplained. But for me, I kind of felt like intentionally they held things back or left it unexplained so that when you got to a certain point in the movie, that revelation or that realization and they leave it to you to realize what's going on. They don't really force it down your throat. Hmm. Uh, almost feels like a twist, which is cool. Hmm. And that's another thing. It didn't feel like it was overexplained because I'm dumb. It felt like they're like, they're going to leave certain things for you to figure out. And that, I don't know. It didn't talk down and it is beautiful. It is a great looking movie. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man girlfriends there. Oh, right, a little right. bit. She <laughs> she's yeah. there. She's like in in dream sequences for like the almost the entirety of the movie, 
uh, huh. until like the very end when her character actually shows up for real. And you're like, oh, I guess she signed <laughs> on for the sequel, right? <laughs> yeah. It's good. I'm, I, it's, it's definitely, it's a long movie, but it didn't feel long. And it's mm-hmm. definitely the kind of movie where as soon as it's over, and part of it is because it ended like mid-story, uh, I was like, where's the sequel? I want it. I want to yeah. watch this. Yeah. I think the, the only question you ever asked, even though I gave you way more information than you wanted, was why are they playing bagpipes? <laughs> the bagpipes because it's like the most it's it's distinctly an earth thing everything else is like okay nothing of this seems real earthly like their their clothes the technology for sure like it's it seems that's definitely very alien or uh, other other uh galaxy type tech except there's bagpipes and you're like that's an earth thing what is that <laughs> that takes you out of it yeah, yeah a little bit it did i could see that i could see that uh there was a lot of hype for it, and I, I'd say it was... Uh, have the Oscars happened yet? Has that movie won all the Oscars yet? It should. I feel like it. Oscars had to happen. And like nobody cared this year, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think the Oscars are dead. Uh, there's some. There's people who watch it, that weird people, like same people that watch the Olympics every year. I don't know. I'm neither of those people, personally. <laughs> right. Well, I remember when I was younger, like my dad was always a big movie guy. And so Oscars, yeah, it was a big thing. You make a bunch of popcorn, watch, whatever. It's the same with the movie. Movie, we'll make a bunch of popcorn, watch a movie. But that was like, well, it wasn't necessarily pre-internet age, but it was pre-us having internet. So it was pre-like, find your movie geek tribe online and gather and talk about movies. It was pre-that. And I feel like, so Oscars was kind of like movie, uh, f- film geek uh, special occasion. Whereas now, like that's just any day. Just get on the get on the internet, find the right group or whatever, or yeah. hop on Twitter and find the right people talking about whatever movies or Reddit or whatever. So I don't know. Ironically, once our movies started to be relevant, that's when <laughs> that's when the Academy really was like, nah, people don't care what we think anymore. The geeks yeah. won. Let's just give it up. Yeah, like <laughs> all right, Peter Jackson, you made these movies over the course of a decade, I guess we should give you an award for that. <laughs> right. I'm not even my favorite part of the trilogy. What's, but what's it's Peter? more like, okay, you did it. Here we go. What's Peter Jackson been doing? <laughs> I don't think that man needs to do another movie for a while. I mean, oh, like, probably he, not. Cause he just signs on to these epics and then it's like, he just lives there. You know what he needs to do? Remake dead alive or brain dead or whatever the title is. Oh yeah, which was one of his early, early movies, and right, it is right. a tasteless, disgusting, ridiculous z- zombie gore fest horror thing. Uh, it's really in bad taste. It's not. <laughs> kind, I'm kind of on the fence if I even like it, but it's got a scene where a dude takes a ch- a lawnmower to a like room full of uh, reanimated corpses, and it that's amazing. So. <laughs> Here's what he does. Take everything that he's learned. He needs to get people hyped for the next big Peter Jackson epic event and then remake or just like reissue Brain Dead and see what happens. (laughs) Or Dead Alive. Slap his name on it. Yeah. Right. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Recast the the title role with some somebody. Some <laughs> hobbit, na- na- you know, like mainstay, you know, some somebody like that. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
recast. Don't change the script at all because it's horrible. It's disgusting. Put Benedict Cumberbatch in the lead role or something like recast that. Recast you know? it with the oh, like current Martin Freeman triple A list actors. Yeah, that'd be so good. Come on, we've seen the movies you made it before Lord of the Rings. We know you we, you got it in you, Peter Jackson. <laughs> you Let's, could do it. You could do it. Let your let your horror geek shine shock some people come on <laughs> all right uh also one more thing in news this is a super quick one but kind of speak we mentioned mandy already once today but sci-fi f- uh, sci-fi film necrocosm Ooh. <laughs> wow. in the works from a24 and mandy director so a24 is involved so all it's right. going to be an arty horror film yep it's gonna be Great. weird yep uh but yeah the next movie from Panos Cosmatos, or is it Cosmostos? Cosmatos, who did Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy. So weird, retro themed. It's a mixture of like B grade grindhouse horror film sensibilities and art house pretentiousness. Yeah, These movies are amazing. Art, art house atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I use pretentiousness in this respect lovingly. Mm hmm. Beyond right. the back, Black Rainbow is kind of up its own butt. Mandy, <laughs> yeah, Mandy yeah. <laughs> embraces a little bit more of the grindhouse stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's like no information other than, you know, signed on. It's going to be called Necro, Necrocosm. So <laughs> it's going to be great. I don't care. I don't know anything about it. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those directors. He's only done two movies. It's been like four years He's only done two movies since 2010. Um, so, and they're both bonkers. So he's one of those directors, man. Like, sure, I'm on board. Necrocosm is just up. a movie about those people that you call with conch shell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mandy has such weird things. <laughs> so weird. Because they're so demons, right? But right. then it's like, yeah. no, they're just bikers that took too much super strong acid. Yeah. What bikers call when super... Uh, <laughs> What acid is going to make you appear when somebody blows on a supernatural conch shell and you just like, that mm-hmm. movie's amazing. It's got some weird <laughs> stuff. Right, right. Crazy evil. <laughs> Dressing pinhead suits is like, how, how could you see? Like, full and leather. it's got the Cheddar Goblin commercial. Yeah. That's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing. I wonder what else is amazing. Oh. Just a second, I'll. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I surprised you with the segue. Yeah, hold on. Um, let's see. I'm sure there's lots of things. There always is. Um, well, talk, talk, talk amongst yourself, so I like. <laughs> oh, were, were, were we done? I suppose I should have checked to see. Had no, that was that everything. was right. I just oh, I okay. wanted to blow through that story. The, the only other news story I had was a, like a nothing. Um, but it's Jared Lin- Jared Leto hints at big Tron three news on the horizon. So apparently Jared Leto is a huge fan of Tron, the Tron movies. Oh. And so he's for years been trying to get Disney to make a new Tron with him involved. Apparently there's a script. Disney has not signed on to it. And apparently randomly through over the years when he's doing press interviews and he's currently doing interviews for, uh, Morbius, Mobius, whatever. <laughs> that not Disney, Disney movie. Um, he'll throw out like trying to get Tron made. So people are like, what? 
So here's the thing that <laughs> maybe stop think- maybe stop sending people dead rats, uh, right? And <laughs> claiming that you're being method. Here, here's my here's my issue with Leto. Like he, he he's previously stated on several occurrences that he's and this is from ComingSoon.net that he's pl- playing a character called Ares in the proposed film, and even revealed the film's title as Tron, Ares. Of course. <laughs> wow. What a D-bag. Oh, he, named, he named this after the thing that he would be playing. Right. Uh, what a D-bag. Uh, sounds great. Is Jeff Bridges involved? I can't imagine uh, he I, is. I doubt it. I doubt it. Then so, why would we see it? <laughs> I, I'm i not opposed to another Tron. Tron Legacy was a disappointment. I don't remember even what it was that I didn't really care for. But, man, the Tron world's just cool. And I did right. enjoy how they kind of evolved the Tron world, even though yeah. some of it doesn't. Well, I didn't make sense. hate it. It's just like not really memorable, and it's right. not really a thing that you have to go back and rewatch. It right. didn't have a lot of like, uh, I don't know. It was more like a visual. You know, it's like Avatar. You had to watch it once. You were probably mesmerized by it the first time, and then after you had some time to think about it, you were like, "That wasn't that great." Like right. the story wise, you know, like I enjoyed watching all of it, but I don't know that I need to see it again, really. Right. It didn't, there's, there's some good ideas, but overall the script didn't, it didn't, whatever. And it yeah. did the thing where it says clearly set up a sequel that it's like, the, yeah, you're not getting this. And it was kind of plodding too. Like the, yeah. the, for a, for a franchise that's so built on like these cool visual action sequences, there's some boring stuff in there. And I know it's a little bit different because it's not really, not necessarily virtual worlds, but I feel like the things that Tron should have done, if they were going to like do the thing where they evolved the, like the virtual world still going and it, and it's evolved, it'd be more interesting to explore that in the way that like Westworld explored how the robots AI evolved. Sure. Became more humanistic. Or even the matrix, how the matrix started right. to evolve. Right. And, and that wasn't flawless, but at least it was interesting. And of course, you know, this isn't those. Well, Matrix movie. It is a Matrix movie. It's big blockbuster wanting to be a huge franchise thing. But right. it's not necessarily going to be like cerebral. But it, it kind of should have been. Because right. they had like, they. it's like they jumped forward and they evolved but didn't explain it. Like, what was it? I remember <laughs> Melanie's nephew, when he was much younger, watched it. And even he was like... Why do the machines need bartenders? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Why do the programs have a bar with bartenders? Well, yeah, they basically did turn it into the Matrix, didn't they? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is like um, the original Tron. It wasn't like it didn't feel quite like a nuanced world. Really, it no. felt like like these programs were just in there doing their jobs, but there was this conflict, and so that had to be resolved. And it makes sense, like, to have that, where the original one, they're more basic. They're just programs doing their thing. And there's still things that don't make sense. It's like, well, if they're just programs, like, why why is there a mo- Whatever. And to, a slight hot take, the original one isn't great. I mean, it's great, right. but it's still, like, hokey. It's still a Disney flick. It's a Disney yeah. flick from the 80s, no less. So, yeah, like, well, it's, it's not hokey. even, like, one of the better Disney flicks of, the, of its time. Right. It's like a cult classic Disney movie. Right. And it's one of those movies in my opinion, unlike in Avatar, where it kind of, the world it created exceeds the story that it actually told. Like, it's, oh, it's absolutely, above that. Yeah. 
And I feel like that's what Avatar is to a lot of people. But man, I disagree. I'm not wild about the world it created. And I hate the story it told. It's so oh, bland. Yeah. Right. I'll take. Not really. <laughs> Suck that it, James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> go make us a... Go make us a good Terminator sequel. You left the franchise and it, you might as well just just killed it. Yeah. Okay, hey. so... What's amazing? <laughs> That's amazing. That was amazing. Wow. It took a turn. <laughs> it did. So, um... I don't know if you've heard of the Fermi paradox, but it's uh, basically there should be so many aliens in the universe that there there's an abundance of them, but we haven't found any of them. So where are they? Well, some researchers now are saying they're probably right here. Um, If you look at life, at least on the planet, like I don't know what percentage of it, but uh, the vast majority of it is very, very small. Um, so there could be tons of like microbial alien creatures here and we wouldn't probably wouldn't know about it because I mean, there's just terrestrial ones that we really know nothing about. And a bar- part of the problem is the way that we think about a lot of things where and I uh, there's lots of different uh, scientists that talk about this where we always look for like carbon based life forms and water based life forms and things like that. But there's no reason to assume that other life would be like us, but that's mm-hmm. what we always look for. And it's the same with, with my, microbes and stuff. We look for things that are chemically similar to us. Um, and there's no reason for that to be true. So we could be surrounded by alien things, beings, whatever life constantly. And we just don't know how to look for it. So I, I find that very comforting because otherwise the, Assumption is that there's like steps you have to uh, surpass to achieve, you know, the next step in in the evolution to become a intelligent being, and that one of those steps is are just so hard that most creatures die. And I would rather it be that we just don't know what we're looking for, rather than most things are dead. What if we're the aliens, man? Well, I mean, to everywhere but here we are, the aliens. So. <laughs> Right. It's good. Um so this this kind of premise is uh cool because it um is basically the plot of the Hank Green novel, um, an absolutely remarkable thing. And uh I I read these two books like back to back. He he did these two books called the Carls. They're the Carls books. And it's just because like this social media presence person like names them Carl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where it starts is like this alien um, presence shows up on Earth and it starts really small like that. Like it, it starts as just, you know, some kind of microscopic entity and then it becomes like a bacteria and it's like assimilating into, mm-hmm. you know, Earth. Yeah. Just step by step by step. But it can do it at an advanced rate. Um, and then eventually it becomes conscious, you know, it becomes a consciousness and it mm-hmm. has its, um, but it's, it's almost like programmed kind of thing. It's almost like, it's almost like a robot, but it's a consciousness. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of that, that idea that the aliens could be here and we wouldn't even know it. And it it's just, it took a long time for it to present itself in mm-hmm. a form that, that anyone noticed. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Me too. Yeah, and it's especially 
believable to me when we know that there's things like the, like color spectrum. Right. And it, there are animals like birds and bugs and things that see tons of colors around us that we don't even know are there, but that other like birds and bees and flowers give off. They're like communicating with each, with each other like crazy in this whole other world that we are completely blind to. Um, and so, yeah, if that, that's happening all the time and we know for a fact it is, there's no reason to think that there isn't so much other, you know, things happening in some other ways that we can t- detect. Right. What if the floaters that we see in our eyes, mm-hmm. because we have like dead cells in our eyes or whatever, mm-hmm. what if those are not dead cells or whatever that we're seeing? What if we're actually seeing aliens? Could be. It could be. Aliens we just discovered eyes. aliens. They're so go. close to our eyes, we can't see them. Or maybe they're living on our eyes. Or maybe they're in our cells and they're mitochondria. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, it brings us back. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. Hey, that yep. was amazing. That was amazing. Um, I got nothing else right now. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, Jesse, you got anything? Jesse. I might have seen a certain uh, brand new podcast I never heard of with a head of books on it. Yeah, that, yeah. What's this? You want to tell people about I, it? I, uh, we, I am like part of a new podcast called Dimensions, and it's weird. So I don't even know how to like. I don't know how to pitch it. There's not really a pitch for it yet. Uh, it's basically like kind of a weird, almost like. It's called Dimensions because it's almost like you found an old radio and you like mm-hmm. turn the dial and you might catch a little bit of a something here. And then you turn the dial and you, you like might catch a little something there. And then there's like there is like a themed topic portion of the show. But then there's, you know, it's it's kind of an arty, weird thing. There's yeah, it's some a great poetry. Premise. There's um, like the first episode we discussed um, how fiction kind of fuels uh, inspiration like uh mm-hmm. and creativity and that kind of thing and uh spoilers it's not co- not coming out yet but the next one we'll dive into like religion and uh so it's it's gonna be a weird show but sounds, i think awesome. it's cool it's kind of fun and yeah scratches a different niche i guess so a, yeah that's a great i i i must have seen a post on facebook or something but uh yeah, it's a good premise. It definitely caught my caught my eye. Yeah, and then, uh, and then I was like, "Wait, Jesse's in this?" Uh, <laughs> right. I'm just one. I'm just one third of it. But like, where, you where know, can people hear it? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I believe it's uh, it's brand new. On, <laughs> on, on it's on Podbean. Um, well, actually, I think it is on Apple Podcasts now. So I think you can just uh, search for it on Apple podcasts under dimensions. But if you do that, unfortunately you're going to find like a ton of different shows. I, yeah. I, I did try someone. This is, a pet peeve of, I, this is a pet peeve. <laughs> I have, I have clients that I'm like, why didn't you search your name first? Nobody's going to find your show. There's so many others. Yeah. That's yeah. somebody didn't do their homework first or didn't <laughs> care. Right. Right. Um, yeah, we'll have I a should, link. Uh, we should know this. I, I, yeah, I didn't, We'll have a link. I didn't think ahead to that because um, what I was going to say is um, I was I was going to farm out my my what do you got going on, uh, Paul? Paul, who is yeah usually in our chats, you know, uh, he's he's one of our mainstays. Um, 
and also uh, very heavily involved in the EMC Podcast Network, yep. uh, mm-hmm. the Electronic Media Collective dot com. You um, you can find him this weekend at Grand Comic Fest Four. And we're, there's a ton of shows from the Electronic Media yeah. Collective going to be there. And uh, one of the things that I thought was cool, and I posted it in the Grolix uh, Facebook page, not page, but group on Facebook, uh, is that, like, you know, he interviews a whole bunch of people on on mm-hmm. his shows. And, uh, like, a ton, of, a ton of the people who have been on his podcast, uh, notable guests like Larry Houston, who, who's been involved in um, – animation for years did the that intro sequence that everybody loves and gets stuck in their head from x-men the animated series uh you know like uh also uh the bear <laughs> the zoomly zoo bear yeah. <laughs> always, yeah. always, uh, michael b moynihan yeah something? yeah yep. uh you know they uh billy peck and uh paul do a do the Zoo podcast, podcast with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be there. Like there's, there's a bunch of guests that he's interviewed on his show that are all going to be there. And Billy oh, Peck I- and uh, Paul are both really heavily involved in the con. So if you are even remotely local, you should go check them out this weekend. In yeah. Grand Island. That's, that's in Grand Island. Yep. Yep. Pick, Grand Island, pick up in Nebraska. A, yep. Pick up an EMC flyer. Yeah, Paul had yeah, some printed off. I designed up one, and he printed it off. It looks like pick one up, put it on your and wall. And then uh, tell Corey, Corey and Mikey uh, from was it Pop Culture Power Hour? Is that right? Yeah, yeah Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Those guys and will be there running some panels and probably have a table too. I mean, yeah, I'm lots not, of stuff to see there. I'm not sure if the Russian Lake Sweep guys or RLS. I noticed smartly they've changed their their uh, logo branding to just be RLS podcast or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty good idea right now. Um, I, I don't know if they'll be there or not because they're local to our area as well. I believe isn't Mikey involved in that in show both shows? Too? So I, yeah. I imagine that even if the whole crew isn't there, mm-hmm. he'll be there representing in some fashion. Mm-hmm. So unintentionally, EMC has a pretty big presence at this. They thing. really do. They really do. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, Melanie. Yes. Got anything you want to mention? No. Okay. Not yet. Right. Mm. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, you can find more at GrawlixPodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Uh, soon, next episode, we'll be talking about... Uh, it's a secret. Oh, Don't, don't gonna... tell anyone. No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> not that, although... It. I am feeling another AI uh, dungeon adventure since we did that you choose thing. <laughs> it scratched the itch. Like we didn't realize we had an itch, and now it's been scratched. It's like yeah. you'd think that scratching the itch would make the itch go away. No, it makes the itch worse. It does. It and does. We need more. Mm-hmm. I have science behind it, but let's not. I, just I, now. I was about to say Melanie has science. She explained that to me not long ago. Actually, <laughs> why aren't you based all the time? All I right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something exciting fan comic fans will enjoy maybe our upcoming episode. So we'll, we'll just throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Party on, uh, (laughs) wait, no, that's Wade's world. Good. (laughs) Yeah. It was close enough. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. 
Thank you for listening to Grolix Nights, the Grolix Podcast live show. Be sure to check out our weekly live streams available at grolixpodcast.com slash live. Currently, we stream Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For links, once again, go to grolixpodcast.com slash live. Bye, everybody. Let's just end this. (laughs) Bye. Bye.